Hey, you're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 176. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. We're going to continue the arc of the good vibes with the second part of our Commander 2020 set review. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole tons going down. We're still in the studio recording the episode that everybody heard yesterday. We're going to talk about the rest of the C20 cards. But before we do any of that, we got to thank our official sponsors, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Very much so. And I am pumped. We were talking before the show that we are legitimately excited both for Ikoria Layer of Behemoths and Commander 2020. And we're not... We don't think it's because we're going through Magic Withdrawal. We think that it's because it's actually going to be fun and the cards are cool. Yeah, there's actual exciting stuff that I'm excited to own, like I said last week, and I'm excited to play with, like I'm, we're going to talk about later on. I, I really like this set. I think it's, it's aimed at people that want to do big, splashy, fun stuff, and there's just lots of tools here that let us do that. And you know what's, you know what's actually funny is when you get your deck arsenal honed and tuned to the point that mine is at where it's like I've got a lot of long time decks that are very tight that are very the floor is very high for a card to get in not necessarily from a power level but from a what this deck wants a card to do level and between c20 and Ikoria proper there is a bunch of random just shit throw out draft commons that i'm excited about and that's always how it works for my animar deck this new thing is just like crappy and of course zata plays only terrible cards and lord of tresserhorn plays cards that you literally wouldn't even piss on their head if they were on fire and i've got a card for lord of tresserhorn in ikoria i'm not this product but ikoria proper and i wanted to just say this is what I'm excited about because we've got the full set for both products now. Yes, uh, these are going to be great. I, there's a few, I think that there's fewer cards here than maybe from Theros, but all of the ones that are coming out, I am very pumped for. I'm looking forward to lots of this stuff, which is just, again, like you said, it's a good feeling. And and in a time when maybe we're not building and we're not doing as much stuff as maybe we could be with our collections or with our decks, it's going to be cool to get that influx of just really neat stuff and be able to find space for it in a, in your existing decks rather than just build new ones. Yeah, and you know, like we, we looked at the the legendary creatures from C20 yesterday and we commented a bunch on, you know, new tribes like the, the height, not new tribes, but the Hydra tribal commander and bird tribal and shark tribal. And we talked about cycling and like, there's just a lot of deck space that opens up. So it does kind of feel like Theros, how, you know, it opened up a whole bunch of enchantress things or an Ixalan and opened up the, the dinosaur build path. I, I don't know if C20 is going to do that other than like the cycling deck. The cycling deck kind of already existed, but we do now see or we're going to see a reprint of Fluctuator, a notable cycling card that like went above $30 when cycling was starting to make a name for itself with C20 and, and Ikoria before a reprint was introduced. So some cool stuff. Before we get to it though, just a quick shout out, make sure to check out Commander Cookout on Twitter 
That's at CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando. Of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash CCO Podcast. You can find an opportunity there to guest commander hints for potential prizes. We're giving out different prizes for each episode during the arc of good vibes that this episode falls into. And while we didn't give a commander hint for this episode, you can find an opportunity there to win some Ikoria boosters once Brando and I can get back together and do some open flippy videos for YouTube. I think because we usually do, we take a couple of our own personal packs and we can sign them or we can open them for you if you want and sign the cards or whatever you guys want. We're going to have some special winners and, and I like to just randomly pick people from Facebook or our Discord or our Patreon supporters or Twitter, just somewhere where we've had some positive interaction because we kind of didn't give you a, a commander hint. I just want to give something away just to keep the arc and the good vibes rolling. So once we can get YouTube back together, I'm going to announce some winners for the arc on our Ikoria boxing match videos. So no give out today exactly, but it is going to be in the future once we can get back together. What do you think? I, I dig it. You know what that makes us? Consistency cookout podcast. Oh, did you plan it? Did you plan it? <laughs> I was thinking about it while you were talking. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit him with it. I'm going to hit him with the truth. Oh, hit him with the truth, Brando. We got to get T-shirts. <laughs> oh, that's that would be a sweet shirt, actually. I like that's that. That's sick, yeah. <laughs> so where do you want to start then? Uh, Well, let's. we have it open. I think we both have the same website open. And we're going to just kind of do like we usually do and just kind of scroll down the page and stop when we see something that's sweet. Sure. And you know what's you know what's actually funny is like we've got it open, Wooberg color alphabetical set order, right? Collector number per se. And the Commander product and Ikoria proper both have art like colorless non-artifact creatures. Which is a little <laughs> bit weird, but I don't know. In the Commander product, we've got Cryptic Trilobite. Yeah, that's just a strange little thing. I dig it, but it's uh it's a str- it's an XX for a zero zero comes to play with X plus one plus one counters on it, and you could remove a plus one to get two colorless mana, or you can tap one and it to put a counter on it. Yeah, and it's creature type trilobite, notable because that's the first one we've ever had. Ooh. I I don't know if that matters to anybody, but some people are like into that, right? Some people yeah, some might people collect the stuff. the first printing of a creature type. Sure. I saw XX comes into play with X counters and I was like immediately like my pants were getting tighter as I was reading words on the card. And then I was like, oh, you get colorless, colorless. Oh, yeah. I think that right. this is like the, this is the first XX creature that doesn't just immediately snap go into Animar, hey? Uh, sort of. It, yeah. You know, I, he I, doesn't help you at all, really. Exactly. I don't uh, I, I only play walking ballista because you just make it infinite and then you remove all the counters and kill things. That's how you win. Yeah, but um, yeah, cryptic trilobite. It's sure it is what it is. I guess yeah. right. He's there. He's fine. I like the picture minimally. So there's something going for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about cartographer's hawk? This yeah. is another white pseudo ramp spell, a la land tax or what's the uh, what's the knight? White white knight knight of the white orchid. Knight of the white orchid. So this is bird of the white orchid. I guess. Give it a read. It is a 2-1 flyer for white one. When it deals combat damage to a player who controls more lands than you, return it to your hand, and then you search your library for a planes, put it into play tapped. It doesn't say basic planes. It's a planes. Important. 
I didn't actually realize that. I was doing the math on, okay, if it doesn't have haste, it gets you one land maybe every second round of the table. I, is this what we want? I think it's on color. You know what I mean? Like it, it does what white does. It gets lands into play. It's fine. It's a relevant a creature type. It puts them onto the battlefield tapped, like tapped or untapped. Like who, who really cares? You're getting a land for doing two damage to somebody. It's a relevant creature type. I think that if, like, I don't know, is land tax better? Yes. Okay. Land tax is 100% better, but this is good. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. I think I would play it in a in a mono-white deck or a, 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 a white X deck that maybe doesn't have as much ramp in it as, as other decks that I'm going to be seeing at a table. I w- I'll play this card. All right. Well, you can get your Mist Veil Planes with it. It comes into play tapped anyways. You can get the white planes card from Eldraine. I think that puts a plus one counter on something. You don't have sure. to get planes in your mono white. You can get your shock lands or fetch lands or the cycle lands if you want those onto the battlefield instead of your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can get uh, a shock land and then pay two two life for it when it comes into play, and it's still tapped. I learned that that's a thing on Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, maybe you're playing black-white and you want your life totals to go down. Yeah, you're playing Death Shadow. Yeah, that's it. Maybe that's what you're doing in EDH. You're playing Death Shadow. Fuck God, it, there it is. Be, this is the worst deck I've ever thought of. <laughs> Cartographer's Hawk Death Shadow EDH. Get at us on Twitter? <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? It sounds like something we'd do. That's it. Okay, uh, look at this, though. The next bang, 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 five cards in a row, though, in white are good or at least passable now they're good (laughs) dismantling wave white two sorcery but just let me finish for each opponent destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls cycling white white six when you cycle dismantling wave destroy all artifacts and enchantments wow that's fine (laughs) Eight mana, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. Draw a card. Sure, probably more more often than not, you're going to go uh, white two, destroy this, destroy this, destroy this. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see it because you can get that effect, I think even in white, for way fucking less than eight. Oh, yeah, you can, but it doesn't draw you a card. It doesn't replace itself. I guess. Grasp of Fate. Also, uh, sorcery speed spell lets you exile one thing from each opponent, but it's an enchantment, so it, it incentivizes players to focus it to get their thing back because it like it O-rings their thing, right? Sure. This just kills it. You do have an effect sort of similar to this at four mana that you could cast at sorcery speed to get two things in return to dust like i'm just trying to draw comparisons this is cheaper and it gets one extra thing but it's doesn't give you the option to cast it at sorcery speed it in no way is a bad card uh but it's it's good it's solid i think people should play it and will play it it's just that cycling for when i see color color six to cycle something i want to see color color six be red and it says destroy all land on it <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and just you wait because we've got some stuff that goes along with with when you cycle, right? We're going to yes. see some stuff like that, right? We will. Ne- next up is 
a card that's part of a cycle and they all say if you control your commander you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. Holy so, fuck. Yeah, dude, they did it. They did it. They made free contingent on commander, which I think maybe the CEDH people are, are going to like these. I think at least some of them are extremely playable and very good. This one, instant, which is important, white two, but it's free if you control your commander. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn, which sort of reads counter target sweeper spell just for us. Yeah. Counter target removal spell. Yeah. Or one-sided board wipe. This is like costs two cards, but I can cyclonic rift you to your graveyard. Sure. By dismantling waving you or or like wrath of godding you, right? Like this card is good it's really really it's, it, part of me doesn't like it because it feels like Tef's protection and it's such a like a feel bad almost where it's like oh finally i can get through this army of angels and fucking one one tokens and all this lifelinking crap and we can finally get on with the game nope just kidding yeah no you just can't. kidding we're gonna get on with the game because uh wrath of god all my guys are indestructible yeah <laughs> god damn go the next game and i'm gonna win this game <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But that is a sweet card, though. I dig that. It's it's strong. It's good. I won't play it because it's not my jam. Yeah, you should though. <laughs> I should, but I won't. I wanna I wanna talk about. I just want thoughts on Herald of the Forgotten. Our friend Harold is a six six cat beast for white white six. That's the Oof. second time we've seen that. 6-6 six, six flyer for 6. When Herald of the Forgotten enters the battlefield, if you cast it, return any number of target permanent cards with cycling from your graveyard to the battlefield. Eh. Base, base level, I thought, well, it's white ramp because I'll just cycle all my cycling lands. But, oh, fuck, I already have to have 8 mana. <laughs> yeah, right? like, you, why are you throwing lands into the bin if you... Uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. I think that it's cool. I like the picture on it lots. But, eh. I'm just trying to. I you know what I didn't really do the research on what thing with cycle, what permanent card with cycling do I want in my graveyard early game to get back for free with this card. I didn't do that research, but it has to exist. Oh, it definitely exists. I don't know what it is either, but I mean it costs eight. If you're gonna pay eight, there's probably better stuff you can do. Yeah, you're probably right. Unless you're playing this in, uh, or isn't there an enchantment that gives all your lands cycling? Yeah, it's in this, it's in this, I think it's land cards in your hand gain cycling. Oh, that's terrible then. Yeah. I, al I almost had it, but then it's Tectonic then it's reformation. Tectonic reformation. Yeah. Land cards in your hand. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, fuck that. This card sucks. We've got another cycle, the, the impetus cycle, very close to, um... Um, something sounding dirty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. This is martial impetus. They all give a buff to a creature and goad it. And then when an enchanted creature attacks, it gets something, right? And these ones are a little bit of a riff off of the C11 ones that say plus whatever and can't attack you. Yeah, they're vow or whatever, right? Yeah. Vow of whatever. Vow of duty was the white one from C11 yeah. that gave it plus duty. two, plus two in vigilance or plus two, plus... Whatever it was. Yeah. They still can't attack us, and now they have to attack because they're goaded, which you could get rid of a blocker. You could 
use this as removal if you put it on a little guy and it attacks and then somebody else blocks it these are kind of cool i think they're going to see play but i don't know i just wanted to mention them because there's a cycle and it was yeah. a riff off of something else i dig this one because it not only does it incent- it make this creature not attack you it also incentivizes you to attack them to attack somebody else with their other dudes too because then their other dudes get bigger oh whenever enchanted creature attacks each other creature that's attacking one or more of your opponents gets a plus one plus one counter on it so it incentivizes them to attack not us with everything yeah that is okay that one's good it's it's a cool one i dig it okay last white card that i want to look at verge rangers give them a read he has a 3-3 three, three for 3, one of which is white. With first strike, you may look at the top card of your library at any time. As long as an opponent controls more lands than you, you may play land cards from the top of your library. So this is cool in white decks? Probably only. Yes. Green green has this effect, and in decks that want to play extra lands, they're probably going to be playing the green versions that don't limit you to like your opponents having to have more lands than you right this is only good until you catch up right yeah you're gonna play what like oracle of moldiah instead of this if you're playing green this does cost less than oracle moldiah but like azusa lost but seeking also exists yeah right yeah this one is this one is cool you can still look at the top card of your library even if you have the most land or you're tied oh and if you're playing mono white you can just be super depressed the whole time because it's like oh fuck Fuck. I think that this is one of those cards that's just cool for the late game when you're out of gas and you're going to top deck a fucking land. It gives you the opportunity to not top deck that land and instead get something else. Yeah, and you know what? In mono white, it does sort of help you with your your utility lands that you do want to sacrifice, right? Like your wastelands, your strip mines, your scavenger grounds. You can just a little bit, with a little bit more confidence, kind of just use those and still have the confidence to look at the top and see that you have a land if you have something in your hand that you needed that strip mine to help you cast, for example. Yeah. That's the kind of advantage that white gets. It's not necessarily getting it's not necessarily getting card advantage, but if I can see that my next card is a land, I can dust my your land and my land and then play the land from the top of my library and still play my thing, right? Dig it. Okay. Blue cards. Anything jumping out in the blue category? I like that we have a, a clone anything in Crystalline Resonance. It's an enchantment for blue too. Whenever you cycle a card, you may have Crystalline Resonance become a copy of another target permanent until your next turn, except it still can do that. So, I mean, yeah, it's a cycling card. You have to play it in a cycling deck, but it is another thing that lets you copy anything, and that's cool. Yeah, and it's at the three mana slot. So if you, you know what the a close analog to this would be like Mirage Mirror, right? Where you have to pay three to cast it and then pay three to activate its ability. And you can respond to Mirage Mirror's ability by activating it a second time, right? So you can make it change into one thing and then do something with that thing and then change it into the other thing when you resolve the second activation. What keeps the abilities. You you don't have to be all tricksy with it even. It's That's just like, right. That's what yeah. I mean. With Mirage Mirror, you have to be tricksy. But yeah. with Crystalline Resonance, you don't have to be. You can just cycle as the only thing in your hand. And if you draw another cycling card, you can just do it again. Do you put this in a deck that you, like in your clone dot deck or whatever, like do you put this in as a three mana clone and just add all the cycling lands that you possibly can? Uh... There's a colorless one. There's 
two or three in each of the mono colors. So if you're playing like a two color deck, you could have as many as seven cycling lands or eight cycling lands. I don't like those odds. I wouldn't. But I think that this card is cool in a deck that's already doing a cycling thing or has lots of cycling stuff in it. But I don't know if I would add it to... This one isn't going in an existing deck. It's going into the cycling deck that I will inevitably build. Not me personally, but the people who are building these cycling decks. Mm. What about Decoy Gambit? For each opponent, choose up to one target creature that player controls, then return that creature to its owner's hand unless the controller has you draw a card. That lets them choose their card or my card. But, like, both of those are good for us. Is that is is it still a choice card regardless? I think so. I mean, part of these cards is you always get the thing that's the least advantageous to you. And unless you have an answer for them picking the air quotes wrong thing on your spell, you might be not really doing anything to them. Like I could just, I'm going to win next turn because I have my Omnath and you play decoy Gambit to bounce my Omnath. I'll let you have the card and I'm just going to kill you next turn. Mm. Right? Like that's how I see a lot of cards like this. It's still, again, playable. It's cool. It's good. But I think that you could probably do better than this. Yeah. Just like with snap yeah just bounce your thing and i'll untap my lands so it's like free bounce just bounce the just bounce the fucking thing don't yeah. give them the choice don't or, be like oh. or play a card draw spell yeah or play something that'll draw you a card like don't be cute like this because you're not gonna get what you want probably yeah 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 that's fine what about eth- ethereal forager this is a whale an elemental whale it's three three for blue blue four but it has delve so you can exile cards from your graveyard and exiling cards pays for one of the generic manas it's got flying and when it attacks you can return an instant or sorcery card exiled with ethereal forger to its owner's hand and i wish that this was like a five five or whatever that costs blue blue 15 like that would be so much cooler because you would have to delve so many more cards i don't know they'd probably test something like that to find out that it's broken as all sin but delve is already broken as all sin yeah they, i'm surprised they reprinted delve and then not only did they reprint delve they reprinted delve with another way to put your goddamn cards back into your hand in blue yeah this is a this is a hell of a card and i don't know i it's a little much for me uh, yeah, it's fine. You know what? You know what I think for newer players. I just want to mention when you delve this, don't put the cards you delve with this into your exile pile. Put them like underneath your ethereal forger, right? Y- yeah. So you know which ones you have access to. Just a a kind of a physical manipulation type thing. I think it's worth mentioning. I think yeah, that's that's important stuff. It's important to keep your stuff kind of set up i mean maybe you're going to use it as a blocker for a few turns you're going to forget what cards it put away and now you're yeah fighting over and what's ultimately going on. they're exiled so if your ethereal forger dies then you're just going to move those cards from under it into your exile pile anyways but i thought it was worth mentioning agreed speaking of worth mentioning Uh-oh. R- read us our next card fierce guardianship ryan is an instant for zero counter target non-creature spell yeah, zero mana counterspell. Jesus. If you control your commander, if you don't, it costs blue too, but let's be honest here. So this is um w- this is counter target non-creature spell. What is 
What is that card called again? Essence Scatter? No, that's Creature Spell. That's Creature Spell. Uh, Negate. Hmm. Negate. This is Negate for three. This is Cancel Gate, but also, <laughs> but also Free Gate. Yeah, the free is what makes this card very good. Yeah, i I almost want to I almost want to put this in Animar. Like if if I'm on the play, and I have a turn one or two Animar, and a fierce guardianship, and somebody tries to turn one flash me, I can get it. You know, I can not die, and then I can win on my turn. Yeah, like, and it's and it's easier to play in a lot of decks than a even a force or another force, right? Because yeah, it's man. it's just free. There's no fucking around. You're not losing cards out of your hand. There's none of that bullshit. It's just nah. Yeah. yeah. In in two and three mana commander decks, like when your commander costs two or three mana, this is a mighty card. Agreed. It's the truth, as we say. Oh yeah, all truth, nothing but the truth. So help me, fierce guardianship. <laughs> I don't know any other blue cards. Title Barracuda is that a card? Uh, you can you can cast spells as though they had flash. No, any player can do that. Yeah, no. Whoa, fuck that. Oh, no, we don't we don't need that shit in our lives, Ryan. But our opponents can't cast spells during our turn, so it's like Tefri Barracuda. Tefri Cuda. Tefri Cuda Souvenir Snatcher. Souvenir Snatch. Do not Google no. that. It's a mutate card. It's a mutated snatch. That's just. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Psychic impetus. Don't Google that. Probably. It c- you control a thing. Oh no, that's the yeah, that's the gold one. That's the that's the that's the gold one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think that blue kind of got the the least exciting stuff. It has some neat stuff like Eon Chronicle or Eon Frolicker and Nessant Metamorph are fun cards, but I don't think they're really worth spending a lot of time talking about. Sure. Let's let's move on to black. Let's move on to the black stuff. Okay. Deadly Rollick. That is. Am I reading that right? You are. That is the uh, fierce guardianship in black. It features the funny art of the set. How me and Ryan had that thing a while ago, where every set has a funny picture. This is it. It's got like this little funny smiling monster guy, and he's stepping on this guy's cape while he's trying to run away. I didn't notice he's stepping on his cape. <laughs> it's very funny. It's an instant for black three or free if you control your commander, and it exiles target creature. And that's with a period at the end. Do not gain life. Do not search for a basic land. Put it on the play tapped. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Put your creature in the exile pile. Yes. It's a good card. Hmm. That is kind of cool. Uh, I think that's the second set in a row or something that we saw like black exile target creature full stop right yeah and it and this one is like not even overcosted it's just straight up get rid of your shitty guy for free get out instant speed get out of here slaughter packed yeah that is cool eh yeah man still say still play slaughter packed probably yeah you can still play both but this is yeah. probably better to have in your hand yeah. Yep, yep. Dredge the Mire. You like this one? Each opponent chooses a creature card in their graveyard. Put those creatures onto the battlefield under our control. For four. For four. (laughs) For four. They have to choose, so they're going to give us the crappiest one. But if we can kind of manipulate what goes in there, 
or if they only have good things, or we only care about that one thing in that one player's graveyard, we cast it, we just get junk back from everybody else, but we get that one good thing from them. Four is still a good rate to get something good, and then a bunch of other just junkers, right? And I mean, look at it, there's even like a less optimal situation like if you've just been playing for a while you've hit a couple of wraths and you just get three mediocre things you're still getting three things for four mana just that is pretty good oh you know what each opponent chooses a creature in their graveyard so we don't get one out of our graveyard i was going to say there's zombify for like one more mana and we get one thing this is they choose from their graveyards and we get the thing. Yeah, we just get three things. I mean, it's yeah, we get three things for four mana though. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty. Good. You're going to be hard pressed to find a situation where that's going to be awful. And if it's going to be awful, you're not going to play it. Yeah, like you're you're just not going to play it. You're going to exile their graveyard. Then the next turn after you've wrapped the board, you're going to play it and get the good shit. So I, I think that's a that's a good card, and it has a rad picture on it. Yes, some hippo thing coming out of the. Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> so netherborn altar that just goes in your phage decks cool we've got species specialist now when i saw this the first time and even kind of the second third fourth and fifth time i keep thinking it says special speciesist and when you look at it and read it like that it kind of makes the card feel icky sure because he's speciesist <laughs> and that's not nice <laughs> it's a 2-3 human warrior for black black 2 when it comes into play you choose a creature type and then when a creature of the chosen type when a creature of the chosen type eats shit you draw a card yeah and that is usually gonna pick a creature that we care about like like a creature that we've built around and we are just gonna draw all the cards right yeah like zombies or vampires or whatever you're gonna draw some shit with this guy he's he's cool oh yeah like if i have no demonic tutor but i've got my species specialist and my grave crawler phyrexian altar combo set up i need a way to win the game i can just sack my grave crawler infinitely to draw my whole deck there you go right yeah that's it so that kind of acts as a tutor if you can cast infinite creatures and have them die which come on there's like umpteen ways to do that right that's how you, you do could, it yeah you could just like species specialist and name whatever soldier sapperling beast whatever your opponent's got tokens of and then go wrath of god or damnation i'll draw eight yeah that's cool eight that's mana draw good. eight kill all your shit can't complain that's like plague wind for way less and way better yeah yep all right uh no People have been saying that, oh, I don't like the Godzilla cards because it brings modern life into Magic. And Magic's always saying, oh, we don't want guns and tanks and all that stuff, even though they've done guns and tanks already. And then in Titan Hunter, if you look at that, instead of having a giant sword for monster hunting, she's got a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. Like, what gives there? I, I want like a, I want a Halloween-themed crossover for our fall big set next year. Right, where it's all like Freddy's and Jason's and Michael Myers's and stuff. Oh, yeah. And the Scream there's going to be some Texas Chainsaw Leatherface. You can get an equipment that is Leatherface. <laughs> oh, man. What would that equipment do? Probably give creatures fear. Yes. Or they, they just they just revived an old mechanic that they don't even use anymore just for one card. Yeah. Because why not? 
Anyways, Titan Hunter is a 4-5 five for 5 at the beginning of each player's end step. If no creature died this turn, Titan Hunter deals 4 damage to that player. Hmm. Also, we could go black, 1, sack a creature, gain 4 life. So we would gain the life, we would sack a creature so we didn't take 4. If they have no creatures to sack, I love our black-based control deck that, that plays like Grave Pact and Dictate. We can just sack our creature, make them sack one or two of theirs they take four we gain four it's a good card it's a cool card i like that one yeah moving on to red to red oh, i'm gonna let you take the helm of the red cards because there's probably some ones that you like there are i like deflecting swat it is the deflecting what deflecting swat mm, almost something dirty yep i wasn't gonna say it but here we are so Deflecting Swat is red 2 or free if you control your commander. You can choose new targets for target spell or ability. I I dig that. Those spells are always cool, always fun. Um, Agitator Ant is fun. It's a 2-2 two, two for 3. At the beginning of your end step, each player puts two could put 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters on a creature. And then if they do, those creatures are goaded. I like the art on that one. I just think it's I think it's kind of cute. I like it. <laughs> I, I like that lots too good i like lava brink floodgates a ton this is such an interesting card i saw this and i was like huh it gives you two red back it costs two like what is this card like how does this work it is right? so wait I, and i built that deck that revolved around floodgate uh back in the day my uh no count my counterless simic deck oh that's right here read us lava brink floodgates and now we've got a new floodgates for me to play with it is an artifact for red three has tap, add red, red, and at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player can put a doom counter on it or remove a doom counter from it. Then if it has three or more doom counters on it, you sack it and it does six damage to each creature. So just for quick reference, doom counters appear on, uh, who cares about the silver border trash, Armageddon Clock from Antiquities, Eye of Doom from Commander 13 Ooh. and Imminent Doom from <laughs> um, Hour of Devastation. And there are cards that let us move counters, just counters, right? So if you're interested in, in moving a Doom counter from one thing to another that cares about Doom counters, that seems like a very CCO style deck. At CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando, or CommanderCookout at gmail.com if you're interested in sending a deck in like that. You know, that would that Imminent Doom with Lava Brink Floodgates might actually make Imminent Doom playable if you could find a way of moving the counters around. I like that. Imminent Doom enters the battlefield as an enchantment with a Doom counter. Whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost equal to the number of Doom counters on it, Imminent Doom deals that much damage to target creature or player. Okay. Uh, then then you put another one on it. You could make that usable as opposed to just like curving out and then it just stops at 8. You could maybe use it if you're moving the Doom counters around. Yeah, if you can, if you can continue to take your Lava Brink floodgate doom counters off like i don't know you could use it as a mana rock it's just weird somebody somebody get at us right yeah i'm pumped to play that i'm gonna i'm gonna try that card out in some decks it's gonna be fun and then the uh, other one that i'm a big fan of in red is shiny impetus that's the uh enchant your opponent's shit make them goaded both because the picture on it is absolutely hilarious and it has whenever enchanted creatures attack or enchanted creature attacks you get a treasure token so it's got that red ramp that i like 
Yeah, I do like that one. I like Fireflux Squad. That when it's an or it's a creature when it attacks, you reveal cards from the top of your library down to another creature. You put it onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. So that is just a like another red or blue style polymorph where you put like one creature in your deck that you just want to find and kill somebody with when you have an opening. And it's got haste, so you can drop it for four, attack with it immediately, and put that thing onto the battlefield, right? He might be playable in Nora, and I might try him out, but... What do you I'm get? Sure. Atali. Yes. Infer- do you get the attack trigger? No. You don't, you just, right? I just get an Atali. I didn't have to pay six for. It would find a Perforos, too, because Perforos off the battlefield does... It is a creature, right? Yeah, like it gets lots... All of the creatures in Noran, for the most part, are really good. So I could see getting any of them for free being really good. But like the one or two creatures that aren't incredibly powerful are just so bad to find with this. <laughs> what <laughs> about, hey, what about, uh, what about Molten Echoes? Red, red, two for an enchantment. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a non-token creature of the chosen type enters the battlefield under your control create a token that's a copy of that creature that token gains haste and you exile at the end of turn is there any place that you'd play this do you choose goblin do you choose elemental where do you put that all of my goblin and elemental decks revolve around making tokens of them or legendary versions of them so for me molten echoes was a great idea and a really cool card doesn't appeal to me specifically but i could see it being even good in like a a red X deck, like a, like a dinosaur deck or something. You know what I mean? Like those big stompy things where you want haste. Here you get blockers and haste with your molten echoes. Yeah. I'll make a god sire and then make another god sire and then make a god sire token with my god sire. It, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> god sire, get a god sire. Swing for eight. Make an eight eight. Get fucked on. That's a turn. That would work. <laughs> that would work hey piece of cco trivia first game i ever played against brando he beat me with a god sire ba-boom yeah that, that sounded like a, a giveaway hint that sounded like a hint that it could have been a hint but now it can't be <laughs> well <laughs> maybe not for this arc but in the future maybe that's it should we move on to green or any more red new cards that you want to talk about there was a phoenix and there was a badger yeah well, it's a badger dinosaur we got to say there's a badger dinosaur let's yeah, move and on it, it's it's pretty much like a, a waste knot or the waste knot zombie guy that we got right when you discard different card types you get different effects right so that goes into things where you discard cards like maybe your angie falcon wrath if you're not playing like the world gorger dragon version sure sure yeah it's it's fun what about in green what did you see that you liked I have a question about one. Sure. It's Glade Muse. Why are you talking about this card? Why is it a card? Why would you ever do that? I don't know why anybody would want to do this. Whenever a player casts a spell, if it's not their turn, that player draws a card. What is the... Why would you ever do that? Well, let's break it down. Green can already draw cards. Not necessarily at the three mana slot, but we can get to the four, five, and six mana slots faster than other players. Sure. Other cards that do draw cards or cast spells on not their turn, like blue, can already draw cards and are already better than green. Why would you play this card? And if you're playing colors that can't draw cards, like white or red or white and red, you're giving them the ability to draw cards. I'll play Glade Muse. Thanks, asshole. I'll path it. Draw a card. Like, wh- what? 
Why why does this exist? Yeah. Is this a group hug card? It, it this is too much group hug. This is like you give somebody a big hug and all of the money out of your wallet and then you go grocery shopping, but you don't have any money left. Yeah, I don't know. What about let's let's move on. This is just I don't know. This is going to be the card that comes out of decks and goes into group hug decks. Like it's fine. Yeah, I don't know why it exists, but yeah, let's continue going on here. Uh, I like obscuring haze. It's again that free card. It turns out free cards are usually pretty good. It's basically a fog, except it doesn't prevent damage from your stuff. So we control our commander. It's free. We can block their alpha strike and prevent all of the damage from their creatures and kill a bunch that we might have maybe looked like we were unprofitably blocking. Yeah, you can do that unprofitable block shit and wreck them. It's awesome. And, I mean, in a pinch, you could also save somebody if somebody tries to blow you out when you're alpha striking. Yes. Yeah. If if somebody plays the white one on you and makes all their stuff indestructible so you can't kill them, now you can save your stuff and reset and you can try it again. That's right. That's right. Or save somebody else when they're going to die, even. Yeah, there's all sorts of... I don't know why you do that, but some situations would warrant... Like, if you're you're down to three players and, you know, it's like that, that standoff where one person dies, then it creates an opening for the other player and you want to keep that somebody alive while you can obscure and haze them, right? Yeah. Yeah, what about Capricopian? It's a 0-0 Goat Hydra for green X. Enters the battlefield with X plus ones because it's a Hydra. It's got multiple goat heads. Like, I get it. You can pay two to put a plus one counter on it. Then you may then you may reselect which player Capricopian is attacking. Only the player Capricopian is attacking may activate this ability and only during declare attacker's step. So we've never seen an ability like that. Let's pretend I'm attacking you and you've got whatever, four mana open. You can activate and then respond and activate again and then just like choose Smitty and I attack Smitty instead of you. It would 100% attack Jesse and we both know that. We Uh, both know that, right? Yes. Oh, Yeah. yeah, okay. Every time. So cool card. I think that it feels that card in particular feels very commandery. I like to comment on art when I see stuff like this, but like that animal is just they have the worst life because they'd always be stabbing themselves in the back with their horns. Their horns would be getting tied up in knots and shit. Like I feel bad for Capricopians. Yeah, their horns would be growing through other ones' heads. Like yeah, boar tusks grow into their head and kill them. Yeah, it's just this is nasty. Yeah, man. What about curious horde? Choose target opponent, you create X-3-3 green beast tokens where X is the number of artifacts that player controls. Is that okay? Like, that's good, right? Like, if they've got three artifacts, we get nine power for four mana. Artifacts are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. So this is just a... It's just a solid card. I don't think it's game-breaking. I don't think it'll blow any... I mean, you'll blow people out with it, but I don't... I think it's fine. That's it. Last card before we get on to colorless. What about Slippery Bog Bonder? Oh, I love that art. Yeah. That that little guy, he's he's Slimer. He looks like Slimer from the Ghostbusters. And then there's some lady who looks like Catwoman from Batman. And they're just chilling in the forest. And there's a little spear. I don't even care what they do. I'm just happy that we have this card. Well, it turns out that it's good. It's a 3-3 flash hexproof human druid for green three. Oh, shit. When it, when it enters the battlefield, put a hexproof counter on target creature. Then move any number of counters from among creatures you control to that creature. 
So flash it in to counter a removal spell on my commander, and then put all the plus one counters on my commander and kill you. Zoiks. It's a very cool combat trick, and I like that it has that little Slimer guy on it. Yeah, for sure. That's my favorite part of it. That's a cool one. So getting into colorless, we have got a couple cards in a land, and I think they're all pretty cool. We've got Bonder's Ornament. This is the three-mana tap to add a mana of any color for this year's Commander product. It's akin to... Manolith. And Manolith, yeah, shout out to Dana Roach and yep. Commander's Sphere. This one, though, instead of sacking to draw a card like Commander's Sphere, you can go four, tap, each player who controls a permanent named Bonder's Ornament draws a card. That's neat. It's neat. I think Commander's Sphere is better because we can just sacrifice it whenever we want. But if we want to repeatedly pay four to draw a card, this one can do it for us. It's got repeat. It's repeatable. It's it's fine. I, I think it's cool. I think it's neat that it comes with the each player that has one draws a card because it like adds another level of to the gameplay. But it's a common artifact yeah. too. So if you play precons all heads up, there could be four of these on the battlefield because it comes in each precon. What if you? I guess it doesn't matter if you have a bunch of them because you only draw one. Or would they trigger for? How would that work? Uh, each it checks if you control one or if you don't. So the answer is yes or no. Yes, you draw a card and only one card. So there's no benefit to having a billion of them. That's right, unless you have a billion times four mana and you can tap them all to draw your whole deck. There's probably easier ways of doing that. Yes, (laughs) very much so. I like it, though. I like it. What about Manascape Refractor? This card's expensive. This is one of the expensive ones uh, in in the release give it a read i think it's super cool it's an artifact for three it enters the battlefield tapped it has all activated abilities of all lands in play and you may spend mana as though or any color to activate those abilities all lands on the battlefield so not just ours correct does this tap to give us mana of any color like is like tapping your land that's an activated ability isn't it does it sacrifice to give us a merit lage token i believe that because Merit Lage or Dark Depths is a like a, it's an activated ability, right? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, you have to take a ice counter off of it or something. I forget exactly how that works. It, it doesn't actually work with Dark Depths because Dark Depths is a triggered ability. When there's no counters on it, you can sacrifice it. If you do, then create right your your mana whatever refractor. What is it called? Manascape Refractor has three remove an ice counter from Dark Depths. That's the ability that it has when paired with Dark Depths. (laughs) Oh, that's not very good at all. But it is a strip mine. It is a a Diamond Valley. It's a high market to gain a life. It's a scavenger grounds. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it's lots of cool stuff. I dig that. It's a like a Gaia's Cradle. It's a it's is there lands that let you untap lands so you could tap and untap it? Um, probably. Oh there yeah, land? there's untapped target land. That's um, that's a, a a land that I played in a black deck one time with Cabal Coffers. Untap target land for one mana. If you tap your Cabal Coffers for fifteen, then you can use one of it to untap. Yeah, I play tap that again, in. Untap. Uh, that's in Hirobi. I have that too. Yeah. I of course, can't think of the name of it right now because we're terrible. But yeah. But those exist. 
they do exist and this this is the artifact land equivalent of necrotic ooze right so if you have tap and untap abilities on the same card that you can make the mana to activate them you can tap and untap infinitely yes Cool. Yeah, of course it goes infinite because it's a land thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Last one I want to talk about because Sanctuary Blade, sure, whatever. This is Twinning Staff. This is a three mana artifact. If you would copy a spell one or more times, instead copy it that many times plus an additional time. Ooh. Ooh. And of course you choose new copies. Also, seven, tap copy target instant or sorcery spell you control you may choose new copies so really it's seven copy it twice because you would you would it would work on itself right yes what how do you think a card would be bad if it did the same thing but you didn't get to choose new targets would that make the card bad or just different just different it would make it not as good right like if you've got two three threes and i cast lightning bolt and then it like I copy, I have to target your three three and your three three again. But does that make the ability like let let's say this is the same card, right? But it doesn't say you get to choose new targets for the copy. Like, does that make the card cost less mana wise, do you think? Like would that ability cost four to activate instead of seven? I yeah, I think so. They would never they would never template it like that because everything that copies says you can choose new targets for the copy. They wouldn't make one thing that doesn't work like that. And and it would make it far less powerful. Oh, definitely. But I'm just thinking like I wonder how I wonder if you could do that. And like of course people would just abuse that to take infinite turns, but I'm just Oh, I didn't even think of that. It's the it's it's just <laughs> it's just the 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 space I get. Like I wonder if you if you narrowed it, I wonder how that would would actually work i know they'd never print something like that but it'd be cool if they did yeah that's it i'm i it's it's in the teamer deck of course with that lightning stegosaurus we talked about yesterday and of course it would stay in that deck forever yes yeah because that guy cares about copying and this is what does it for you this is copy harmonicon right copy monicon cop monicon yeah yep that's it last new card of c20 we covered the legendaries yesterday we covered the new cards that were noteworthy today we've got nesting grounds a land taps are colorless cool one tap it move a counter from target permanent you control to another permanent activate this only ability only as a sorcery so this moves loyalty counters this moves flying counters for that mothra card this moves your doom counters this is the land version of power conduit from mirrodin which allowed allowed you to move counters from something and then put charge or plus one counters on something else this is a cool land this will let you ultimate your planeswalker a turn early this will do all kinds of cool things i'm a i'm a fan of it i just i think it's cool there's lots of like you said, I mean, you basically covered everything that it's going to do. I think that it's going to find its way into lots of decks. I'll put one in Atraxa. I'll put one over here. Like I'm, it's gonna, it's gonna move counters off of your, your persist and undying things. Yep. If you have an additional vigilance counter on something that already has a vigilance counter, you can give vigilance to something else. Yes. Oh, you know what? I, you know what I actually like about this is if you remove a minus one minus one counter from persist and put it on an opponent's creature, you can maybe kill that creature if it's an X one or if you can do that multiple times. Absolutely. Yeah. You can just you can wreck all their dorks and stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
you could three-way combo this or four-way combo this with that untap a land cabal coffers and manascape refractor (laughs) (laughs) and kill all your opponent's creatures oh shit yeah there it is did it just make make infinite mana then infinite untap nesting grounds and kill all of your things oh you need a sack outlet so that's uh card five and then a card with persist that's card six worth it yeah, we're hundred percent worth it. Six yeah. card combos. Welcome to CCO Nation. Yeah. Every single mono white deck ever built will have that. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Minus the Cabal Coffers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, instead you would need uh, probably five more enchantments and a Sarah's Sanctum. There you go. So all of a sudden, it's a eleven card combo that costs close <laughs> to two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the nation. Welcome to fucking City Hall, baby. City Hall of CCO. (laughs) Are we City Hall cookout podcast? Oh. Oh. I think I just blew the mic up. I did. I did too. It's fine. Oh, man. So that's that's the C20 new stuff. What about any notable reprints? The The white deck has like crazy amounts of wraths. So there's Cleansing Nova and there's Descent Upon the Sinful and Banisher Priest and there's all kinds of cards. Knight of the White Orchid, notable there. Revlark, Sun Titan. These are good cards that we can, of course, play in blue. We've got, I don't know, Jace, Architect of Thought. We've got Oh, I'm, I'm just I'm stretching here Swarm Intelligence yeah. I know it's a 7 drop yeah. but it's good Lunark Propaganda Myth. Lunark Mystic is good Propaganda is a surprising amount of money I'm glad they reprinted that actually that and Ghostly Prison are getting up there so good on them for that one Windfall is always welcome I think it might feel bad getting it cast on you but at the end of the day that's a card that I think people like and, and you want to have that oh yeah you know what value Windfall if if you've got Windfall in your opening hand with like a mana rock or a mana dork or two and like maybe one four drop and it's like okay land 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 i've got all this extra mana for my mana dorks i'm gonna windfall draw whatever five or six and then use my mana dorks to cast something else like value windfalls are good yeah there's nothing wrong with playing that it's it's a solid card i think people overlook it sometimes to be honest yep we've got Chandra Flamecaller, we've got Chaos Warp. These are some, some maybe Chandra Flamecaller isn't an expected card, but Chaos Warp, Charmbreaker, Devil, Comet Storm, Dual Caster Mage. These are welcome and expected types of cards in, like, Commander Precons. Yeah, Magus got, of the Wheel is big time. Yeah. Uh, shared Animosity. Shared Animosity, yeah. I was just going to buy one for Persistent Partitioner so I could kill you with combat damage instead of mill. <laughs> Now I don't got to pick up a single for like 15 bucks. Yeah. I think important to note too, I think that Chandra Flamecaller is an overlooked card in our format. Really, I do. This is, this is six mana Chandra you're talking about. Yep. Her zero ability is really good. It's it's really, really, discard all cards in your hand, then draw that many cards plus one. If you have no cards in your hand, you draw one. If you have a bunch of shitty mountains, which is probably what you're going to end up with when you're dropping six drops, fuck them all, get new shit. Like, it's a surprisingly versatile and good card. I played a Norin. Yeah, I can see that being good, particularly when you have to dig, right? Yeah, like, it, it digs you to what you want. It gives you bodies if you need those to attack. And it, like, is a wrath, too. So it's... she's Yeah. A, she's a good card. 
Oh, yeah, it is a Wrath. Six mana, just minus Exer, like, down to zero, and it deals four damage to each creature. Yeah, okay, I can buy that. I can buy that being a good card. I've yeah, never like, played it. I think that enough people just kind of overlooked her. I, I forget what even set she was from, but we, I think we were on our way back from Calgary, and I was talking to F.U. Evan on the trip home, and she's like, why don't you ever play Chandra Flamecaller? And I was like, I don't, I don't fucking know. And now yeah. I do. Originally from Oath of the Gatewatch. I think she has a cool, like, zombie version of herself, too. She does. She was a 2016 San Diego Comic-Con zombie. That was the one where they all made a panorama and Liliana was in the middle That who wasn't a zombie. What else we got going on here? We've got... I'm going to green now. I'm seeing Beast Whisperer and Beast Within. Those are both several dollar... Well, not several dollar cards, but a couple dollar cards that are notable reprints that are good. Crop Rotation, Cultivate. These all have a 2 or $3 price tag That that is almost strictly because of commander i know crop rotation's a legacy card but these are all welcome in my book in the pre-con right and the crop rotation has the cool art i mean it's not every day that i say the modern card art has like vastly superior but i think that this picture is just awesome okay well vastly superior art what about this new art on harmonize Mm, no (laughs) you're still not a harmonize guy no Nope, still don't like it. <laughs> well, I like that there was a reprint of Hornet Queen, Kodama's Reach, again, couple bucks, Cross and Grip, couple bucks. Now, I know we're not getting any of those 10 15 20 $30 cards that we would like to see. They're probably saving those for their, like, Commander Green or whatever. That's where those are going to be. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. But wilderness wreck there's another one we're getting artifact mutation another one couple dollar card we're getting some good stuff there's some decent things in here for every ajani unyielding there's an artifact mutation and a crackling doom and that's pretty cool yeah yeah that's the dual deck ajani isn't it i think so so it's six mana ajani it's probably a dual deck does it have like a minus oh yeah minus nine, nine ajani yeah okay <laughs> yeah gee thanks <laughs> We're getting a reprint of Nahiri the Harbringer, right? That was important because we only ever had her in Shadows over Innistrad, right? Yes. She was in, she was a mythic edition, but like, I don't know if that counts because you couldn't get that, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't count anything that was in those specialty products as being a reprint. Nahiri's cool. She lets you dig for cards in uh, Boros and then then she does a bunch of Boros stuff, but it's fine. I think Nisa, Nisa Stewards of Elements is getting a reprint too, and she's also very cool. Yeah, she's minus X, right? That's that one? Yeah, she's a blue-green X. She comes in with X, and then you can scry, and you can put creatures into play for free and stuff. She's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm really digging in these products? I'm I'm looking at the artifacts, and I'm seeing stuff that is actually good. I'm not seeing clue stones. I'm not seeing banners. I'm not seeing the ones that you hate. Are those clue stones? No. Uh, lockets. Lockets. I'm seeing Arcane Signet, Regular Signet, Commander Sphere. I'm seeing Life Crashers, Bestiary, Mimic Vat, Lightning Greaves, Silent Arbiter, Skull Clamp, Sol Sol Ring, of course. These are cards that we know are good in Commander. They're not the, oh, we put them in for new players so they have something to upgrade. No, these are good cards. They're, they're reprints of cards that are between two and nine dollars 
if you compare like a signet to or like a traditional signet to arcane signet every card that i listed except for commander sphere falls somewhere in that range between two and six bucks and that's where we're getting the the value in these decks is they've got a lot of cards in that price range and they're going those go in lots of decks too like if you took every other card out except for your signets your arbiter your sol ring your lightning greaves all that stuff that skeleton that you have left can go into virtually any deck that you're going to build. Yeah, you could take out... Yeah, like if you took the utility like instants and sorceries and artifacts in this deck, you could you could kind of make any deck out of them. And while that does make them feel or sound a little bit generic, it also l- lets us know that they've built decks with cards that are good, that we know are good, that people are playing. And not everybody right? is like us where they've bought them every year. I mean, if you're just getting into Commander, these are going to be good because you're going to get a bunch of staples, whether they're amazing or not, but you're going to get them, and that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, Devil's Advocate to that is like, okay, they went onto fucking edhrec.com and just hit Generate Deck in Teamer, and this is what they got, and they they cut out some of the expensive cards and put in new Commanders. Like, that's the flip side, but, I mean, this is CCO Nation we're talking about. We We build weird and jank and unique funny decks, right? So some of these right out of the box aren't going to be for us. And you know where you're not going to find a lot of super awesome creative includes that are just staples that we all want? In the fucking land section. Oh, Oh, man. You know what? They are giving us the, the comes into play tapped like dual lands. They're giving us Bajuka Bog, Pain Lands, the, the... the signet lands from odyssey i don't know if all of those have ever gotten reprints my main criticism with the mana base is they gave us the the frontier bivouacs of the world the mystic sanctuary nomad outpost opulent palace instead of giving us the new fetchable trilands fucking from icoria from icoria the same world that these precons are supposed to exist yeah they gave us ones that are from a different plane like get out of here man like this would have been an opportunity to keep the cost of the land base of decks going forward low and they didn't do it and i'm I'm not happy about that also another thing i'm not happy about they reprinted fucking croson verge i hate that card and everybody else should hate that card (laughs) comes i thought you liked that no it comes to play tapped taps then it brings in things tapped it sucks so does Myriad Landscape, and you like Myriad that Myriad Landscape doesn't cost me anything. Yes, it does. Shut up. It's exactly the same, except it's more restrictive. Myriad Landscape is better. <laughs> it does find you anything that you want. You are right. Myriad Landscape is better. It has a better picture, and it's a better card. Crows and Verge is terrible, and I hate it. <laughs> that sounds like sound Brando logic. Yes, Consistency now, Cookout Podcast. That's where we are right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man. I love ending on a joke. You know what? We hit, uh, we hit up kind of, we Eiffel Towered C20, two episodes in a row. Give us some final thoughts of the day. Round up your feelings on the product. Thank our glorious sponsors, even in these difficult times. Hit them with the truth, Brando. (laughs) The truth is, I think that these products, in spite of our complaints about the land base and some of the reprints, are going to be great. I think they're going to be a lot of fun, and I think that people are going to find stuff that they want to play in them, as me and Ryan have. I'm sure that you have as well. And you can pick them up from facetofacegames.com, they're Canada's biggest magic store, once this crisis is over, or at your local game store, hopefully 
right when they come out in a few weeks here. Uh, that's it for us for this set review. If you have anything that you think that we should have addressed, if you disagree with us or agree with us or you think we missed something, be sure to send us comments, DMs, anywhere, social media that we are found. CCO Podcast, CCO Brando, Commander Cookout at gmail.com. Find total listing at commandercookout.com. Other than that, that's it for us. So thank you so much for having us. For me, for Ryan, hope you had a great Easter long weekend. Hopefully everything is going your way and we're going to be able to see you again real soon on another episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! (laughs) 